Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. Good morning, folks. I am so glad you've joined us today. You got your boy, Mike. You got Easy. e Yo! You got Ice-T. Hi. Over here. <laughs> and you got... No, Massey. Why? Oh. oh. We got second angle Mike, though. Ooh! We like a dramatic movie scene. Like, look into this camera dun, and then dun, dramatically dun, dun, turn dun. your head. Ready? Dun, 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 dun. I should have been a villain in a movie someday. You are a villain. All right. Good morning, Destiny. Hey, how are you doing? Man, she is faithful. Have you ever noticed that? Destiny is like the first one in. She is. Keep the door open, Destiny. Welcome everybody else in. Let's get this party started. Do not forget to go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Do not forget to go to theselfevidenttruth.com. We have a new blog that is getting put up today. Yes. Yes. Getting put up today. A little bit different of a blog, but that's okay. We'll enjoy it. And let us know if there is stuff you want us to talk about. If you have topics, I need to know. Because I want to talk about those things for you. I want to help. What else can they find over on theselfevidenttruth.com? Oh, you see that plug? That was good. That's a producer taking charge. You can get yourself some merch. Get yourself some merch. And what does that merch look like? That merch looks like t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, curriculum. It's gorgeous. We've got it. It's gorgeous. It's It's beautiful. Look at that. It's got writing on the sleeve. Everybody's going to see. Not only is it super stylish, it's super comfortable too. See, he sells it so well. Thank you. Thank you. I've been working out. Can you tell? No, but I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just love it because that's like the for a guy who works out. Probably the biggest insult is, "Oh, you do." (laughs) Really? Really? (laughs) Ah, Carrie Booth here. Carrie, so good to see you. Uh, God bless Canada. Well, not the government, but God bless the Canadians. We love you. Our friends from the north, brothers and sisters from the north. See, I. Carrie, as an aside for nobody who cares because nobody does, I grew up in Michigan and I played hockey. So we we had a lot of interaction with Canadians. I went to Lake Superior State University for a year. So I literally could see Canada from our our, uh, student center window. And I always enjoyed Canadians except on the rink. I hated playing Canadians on the ice because they were were so – maddening in how they played they're nice but i enjoyed it at the same time because i knew they weren't gonna just be wusses out on the ice like those europeans (laughs) (laughs) i love to hit and the funniest part was i started out as a as a defenseman uh just for a little bit and i wanted to be a goalie so i ended up being a goalie and i'll never forget there was one game it was not going well for me as a goalie in high school um and i i knew i was about to get pulled and, and I knew my coach wasn't going to pull me because I was doing poorly. It's because the whole team was just sucking. And I'll never forget, there was a guy coming around behind the net. And I said, screw it. And I came out of the net, and I just leveled the guy. <laughs> wow. Blindsided him. Just plowed him. And so I, I got a penalty. And, of course, somebody else has to serve the penalty. And when I got to the bench, my coach looked at me. And he's like, you're the only one hitting out there. So, you know, do what you got to do. But I, bro, it it was so much fun. I love, I, I miss playing hockey. I love hot watching hockey so much more than any other sport. 
I could care less about baseball, about football, even less about soccer than I do right now. Wow. <laughs> Rude. Yeah, Soccer's amazing. Uh, I see what you yeah. The greatest. Because if somebody disagrees with something that happened, they drop their mitts and then deal with it like men. Exactly. I People are like, we need to get fighting out of hockey. Man, that... No. I could go on a whole tangent about the philosophy <laughs> be fine behind fighting in hockey, but there is a reason and a purpose to it. There is absolutely a reason and a purpose to it. Hey, Carrie, we love our hockey. Yes, but we probably don't like the same team, Carrie. I'm just going to say. Ooh, who's your uh, team? Uh, Red Wings. I, I don't. And, no. and I know a lot of Canadians hate the Red Wings because they were so good for so long, but now they're not all that great. So, Carrie, who's your favorite hockey team? Destiny, who's your favorite hockey team? Everybody, who's your favorite hockey team? If you don't like hockey, well, you can find another podcast Mine to go to. Is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Some say it's that. not hockey yeah. till there's blood on the ice. <laughs> I, I, can, I can agree to that. Oh, Carrie says she actually does like the Red Wings. We're friends. Oh, okay. We're friends. Well, uh, Destiny says the only sport I'd watch is the horse riding things, but just because I used to ride horses and do dressage. Oh, good for you. Oh. Dressage is... is it's like the the dancing of the horse world, um, dude. Can I can I can I be honest and vulnerable with all of you for a second? Are you a horse guy? Actually, I was at one point. Oh. I got into riding not Western saddle. I was riding English um, because I wanted to do show jumping. That's pretty and, cool. Fancy. Uh, yes, fancy. fancy. So I, I started down that process, and I was just getting into the jumping, and then other sports took over. So I quit. I have but. I really have to respect it because I, I, I recently found out that people literally raise these horses from, like, birth, yeah. and they have to feed them very natural uh, material. Perfect very natural food. Perfect mm -hmm. food to grow them into something that is durable enough into something that has an, enough endurance, strength, and speed in order to participate in these shows, in these, uh, in the sports and stuff. Right. So I, I have to respect it. And they, it goes into a, like other animals too, but horses was the, the main one that stood out to me. That's, they're, that's crazy. They're treated like high level athletes. Yeah. And of course people then complain like racing and all that. They're full of them with drugs and well maybe okay but so the sports most, intense so you know, most people yeah doing right sports <laughs> uh, carrie says she likes the red wings when paul coffee played for him she's old school oh those old school days man those were those were good days to watch um yeah anyways so <laughs> now that we've had that conversation for a while uh, destiny says horses got me through tough times oh, i bet that's the thing is horses very much have a personality um, and, and they're friends. They really are friends. Uh, they're kind of like a dog. They, like they've got that better. personality. I figured you would. <laughs> Elijah, you cat guy or dog guy? You know, I got to be honest. I, re I really like both of them equally, but I see a lot more funny cat videos on Thank the internet you. Than, than funny dog. Like I see my fair share of funny dog videos. Like I see the average golden retriever going out and doing things. But I see cats doing just the stupidest things. Cats, right? my cats do stupid like, stuff all the time. It, it brings too much joy to my heart to see a cat get scared by tin foil and then run into a wall. <laughs> I, I think because I think because they have weird personalities. Like right. I, this is 
30 more seconds of this tangent. And Carrie's like, let's just talk hockey today. Victoria, you're in Nevada. That's that's where Mansi and Carrie are going. So be sure to pay attention, You'll find them, them go watch them. I don't, maybe you were the one that set it up. I don't know. I, I mean that honestly. I don't know if you were the one who set all that up, Victoria. If you were, great. If not, make sure you go out there. Yeah, um, kind of left but out of the loop. Here's my theory on cats, and then we'll get into all of it. My theory on cats is cats suffer from cabin fever. Domesticated house cats are actually all insane in their own way because it's cabin fever. I can partly believe that. The thing that's, is, that's the erratic, weird, crazy behavior. Cats don't see us as as human beings. They this see us cats. as other cats in their tribe. Yes. Which is a lot of the reason is why they act so crazy to us. Like when people go to sleep, they will like <gasps> pounce on you or like bother you back. because cats are very light sleepers and they don't stay in one place for too long. So when they see somebody just completely knocked out, yeah. they're like, are you still alive? <laughs> and they they run around the house and try to wake you up. That's why they, sure they're so dead. happy to see you in the morning. Ah, they're like, oh, you're alive. You're still here. Um, Destiny said, what on earth is cabin fever? Cabin fever is when you are in one enclosed space for too long and you start losing touch with reality. 2020 through 2021. Yes. Exactly. The world had cabin <laughs> fever and we are still suffering from it. However, oh, side point, before we get to all the science stuff, and this kind of relates to science stuff. You guys are going to have fun with this. We, we've, we've got a video clip for you. So uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this name. This might get us canceled, oh. but that's okay. That's Veritas just came out with a new video. Now, if you don't know what's going on with that, Veritas do undercover stings. They usually get lonely people to go out on dates. These lonely people have key positions in certain organizations. They record them talking about their work, and then they put out the truth. Veritas came out with sections of video with a high-level guy from Pfizer's R&D where they were saying – he was flat-out saying, yeah, we're, we're creating modifications of the COVID virus to create new vaccines. Seems safe to me. Seems safe to me. Gain-of-function research. This is exactly what built – Built, built the COVID virus. Now, the new video just came out where this guy admits we're seeing menstrual irregularities in women. And we hear it's self-evident. We're talking about the effects of these vaccines in the world of women and reproductive health and all of that. And so as a self-evident approved point all i have to say is this yes it's fact yes you're right you were right yes it was it happened you're right again you're right it happened you were correct it's fact it happened this one took place is it possible this story is true yes it is <laughs> we were right folks from the very beginning. We're not rubbing it in. We're not gloating or boasting. We're merely pointing out the fact that we were right. Again. I feel like we deserve credit for that. Clap for me. Just a little bit. Please clap. Yes. Please clap. Thank you. Thank you. 
want to see clapping emojis. Yeah, clapping show. emojis right now. Yes. I want clapping emojis. Even if you're listening on the podcast, uh, audio, I want you clapping in your car, clapping at your work. I want people to think you're crazy. <laughs> Carrie, I'm such a nerd. Make it so. Absolutely. That's all I can see. I can't even see Ripley's, believe it or not. I just see Star Trek. Uh, Victoria clapped. She said true. Thank you. It's so frustrating that all this stuff is coming out. And now slowly the mainstream media is saying, well, maybe this, maybe that. It's like, I've been telling you that for two years now. And now all of a sudden I'm not crazy. Mostly. But I was on point. Massey was on point. We were pointing this stuff out saying, look, there's some studies. There's some things that are showing that maybe this isn't what it is cracked up to be. There you are. Boom. Uh, we were proven right. Okay. Bazinga. Just saying. Just saying. So, that being said, now why would that matter about science? Science. That, dude, that is actually a perfect segue into today's topic. You're yeah, fired see, today. see, I think it's the coffee and the heart shaped donut. It is. Yep. Yep. Easy, you got me a heart shaped donut. He loves Aww. me. He loves me. I'm so thankful. <laughs> Golly. <So> <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not, whoa, I am not completely out of depth on this topic for you guys, but I'm not saying I'm completely in my wheelhouse. So I want you to understand what we're talking about today is more of a generalized view in the realm of science and God. This is not a science is awful and evil. Only listen to God content. Although I will say, listen to God. What this is, is helping to clarify for you and hopefully fill in some gaps of how to view science, the scientific process, and how to reconcile your faith with science. Because at the end of the day, you are allowed to reconcile the two. And what I'm going to say at the very beginning is science is not settled. By its nature, science is not settled. Can, can we agree on that point? Because people will say, well, the science is settled. 97% of scientists agree climate change is destroying the earth. The IPCC said it. Wow. 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 Except that statistic itself has been debunked. Right. There was something like 2,400 scientists who petitioned the IPCC to take their names off that study. Because they didn't agree with the findings. There's plenty of information and evidence that steers away from the climate catastrophe model that has been put forth. If you look at the data modeling in climate change, and I'm going down this rabbit trail to show you a point about science. The way they have come up with climate change is going to destroy the earth in the next 12 years, Al Gore, which still waiting when it's kind of late. Of course, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, kind of extended that out a little bit for us. So we're still waiting. They could just fall apart. They could tomorrow. just tomorrow. And, and, of course, Miami was going to be underwater. The whole East Coast was going to be underwater. Yet the Obamas bought a house right on the shore of the ocean a couple of years ago. Hmm. Anyways. Hi, Massey. Oh, he's in. Oh, everybody act, uh, uh, everybody uh, act uh, normal. Uh, uh, we're professionals. No, no. We love our fearless leader. <laughs> we we are oh, indebted to our fearless oh, leader and founder. Oh, yes. Hey. All right. <laughs> Anyways, Massey, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are traveling well, being safe. Everybody say hi to Massey. Hi. 
So the, these models that they come out with and say the whole world is going to fall apart, these models are based on information that if you track backwards, the algorithm will not accurately predict what has already happened. And this has been proven time and time again that what these models and algorithms do is take worst-case scenarios, they block out a bunch of other variables, and then they come to this conclusion and they throw it in your face and say, this is science. That's the issue here. If we're going to talk about science, what we have to do is we've got to understand there are other pieces of evidence that have to get brought into play. And what I found interesting when I was doing research for this is you would get these people writing these articles about science saying, we, we can't create theology out of this or faith out of this. We've, we've got to be accurate. We've got to be able to disprove ourselves. We can't allow bad science to run amok like that misinformation about vaccines and climate change. Bro, <laughs> you just sold yourself down the river. What we end up doing and this is farther in the notes, but I'm putting it here. What we end up doing is we take our preconceived notions, we take our presuppositions, and we build a scientific conclusion out of them. We're going to get into the scientific method, but I've got to put this forward now. All of us, all of us, all you, me, and them, all of us have presuppositions that we work off of. We have biases. We have things that are settled in our heart that we're just not quite willing to give up yet. All of us. Where the faithful need to understand is that maybe your perception of God, the characteristics of God, the accuracy of how you view God is not exactly correct because you see through a mirror as though it's dim at the moment. The looking glass is dim right now. You don't know all. You know in part. Each of us knows in part. It's scriptural. For the scientist, you might be wrong. Your presupposition could possibly be wrong. And that's okay. But if somebody else comes with credible evidence, you can't immediately just wipe it all away. Now, for the faithful, they'll point the finger at us in the realm of evolution and say, you're just wiping all of this away. Maybe, maybe the, I, I was talking to somebody about the hand. And if you look at the structure of the hand, the structure of the hand is extremely similar to the chimpanzee. Also similar very much in the structure of a whale's fin, right? It, if you look at it, it's actually a hand shape. So, of course, the evolutionists will look at that and say, wow, that structure is very similar. If we draw a timeline of development, boy, that seems similar. You've got to give the evolutionists their due. They've got some things that create correlation. However, correlation does not equal causation. That's where a theory sits, right? That's where the theory lies. You have a theory, and this is for you homeschoolers. This is for you in public school. This is for the college students. Never forget, when you are sold something, they won't sell it as a theory. They'll sell it as a law. They will not tell you, well, evolution, there's a lot against it. But, hey, there's some things that really kind of make sense to us. What they will tell you is not settled. You crazy people for questioning this. How dare you? You are so insane. You're so 
myopic, closed-minded, bigot, fundamentalist, religious people. You know, it's kind of crazy how the scientific method that we're taught in school doesn't really apply to science nowadays. Because before it was, what was it? It was like, ask a question, then think like write down what you think will happen yeah. if you if you do this right. test right it now. then with those test results draw a conclusion and then continue share those results and then have other people do it right it, did you hear ice tea i'm just learning that now right she's she's learning the scientific method right and you're absolutely right pose a question do an experiment to try and figure out is that question true or not you have your hypothesis you say is this coffee hot my hypothesis is, no. Here's how I'm going to study it. I'm going to take a sip and write down the temperature in my mouth. I'm going to put a thermometer in there and determine. Now, we could all say hot or cold is subjective. That's beside the point. But you come to a conclusion. Yes, this coffee is hot. My hypothesis was wrong. Or no, this coffee is cold. My hypothesis was correct. That's scientific process. Yeah. What we've done, though, is we've determined that science must have a conclusive world-changing decision attached to it, which that's not what science was ever made to be. Science was simply to be the, the study of how things work, the study of creation, as you put it here in the notes. Right. And that's, let's get into that. I, I do want to say, uh, read a couple of these. So Carrie Booth said, uh, Genesis, Genesis Paradise, Lost movie was a real science opener for me. I don't know that movie. Uh, Carrie, can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, Destiny says, I don't think science is to be completely isolated from faith. I've heard professors say that real science will point to God and align up with God. I agree with that, but let me give a caveat. And, and this is to get you into the mind of the person who's not the believer. What they'll say is your presupposition is that God is real. So therefore, anything in science that aligns with God, you'll point to. Anything that doesn't align with God, you won't point to. Now, I'm not saying don't do that, because my faith position is that God is real and God created all things. It's my faith position. So, of course, I'm interested in those things that prove God. It will make me squirrely and all of us squirrely if there's something that seems like it points away from God. Now, I rest in my faith that those things that seem to point away from God, there's something more to it. Yeah, And the, the spirit of science is to say, oh, maybe there's something more to this. But we draw our conclusions and we finish, and then it turns into a faith, right? Um, so I, I'm going to get in a little bit just with the history of science, because I think science is so important. It's so valuable. And Ice-T, this is for you. This is for, of your ilk, this is for your homeschool kids. If you're listening as a family, which we do have people who do that, God bless you. Enjoy science. Enjoy discovering God's creation. What you got for me, Easy? Real quick, Carrie Booth has a great comment right here. Uh, she says, be guided by the Holy Spirit. I can hear things I may not understand, but my spirit will go, hey, this doesn't feel right. When that happens, do, so, do your own research. Just yeah. saying. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's, that's the beauty of like, Man, how often has the Holy Spirit guided me correctly? Oh, yeah. Right? You know, like, when I didn't understand, Holy Spirit guided me, put me there. 
Uh, Destiny said, I see what you mean. I'm getting comfortable to say I don't know because I don't have the answers to everything. Absolutely. I'm right there. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a beautiful position for the faithful to take. And this, I think, when I'm talking to the faithful, this is what I'm going to tell you. If you don't know, don't get into an argument about it on Facebook. Right. You actually do yourself a disservice and believers around you a disservice by picking a fight with somebody who has more stats than you do. And I use the word stats specifically because all of us have stats. All of us can use stats and twist them, use evidence and twist it to our own point of view. But at the end of the day, we all have our belief system or our faith system that informs what we do and how we do it. Yeah. Because we could have a set of data that all of us look at and all of us could draw different conclusions. Absolutely. One of the cool things about science is, hopefully, as the process continues and you get more and more evidence, you go away from correlation and you go into the realm of causation, right. which means this caused this, right? There was, <laughs> I remember in my stats class to point out the, the danger of statistics, he showed us a graph and there was a rise of, what was it, monks in like the 1500s rise of monk population and monasteries and the rise of pints of beer drank. <laughs> so you could take those two and, and, oh, well, those monks must have been drinking a lot of beer and they just raised it on their own. Dude. Dude. That's what they're doing. It, problem solved, right? Dude, did you know flu case, death by flu cases dropped to near 0% during COVID because people were dying of COVID. Oh, no, no. People were dying of COVID. COVID wasn't the only thing out there. You make a perfect point. And this, this is, if, if you take nothing else away from this, this is where we have to have a sober mindset about science. And in the establishment, they will shove stuff down your throat. And when you disagree with it or you point something out, they will tell you you're crazy. You're not crazy. Flu and pneumonia cases went to almost zero during COVID pandemic. If you only take those two stat points, you go, oh, well, COVID overtook everything. COVID was the only sickness. Nobody was getting sick with flu or pneumonia. Ah, ah, ah. Think about what else could be going on. Think about what everybody's minds were directed towards. Think about what was everybody looking for. Now, if we plug that stuff in, now the explanation all of a sudden, instead of becoming, well, COVID just wiped everything else out. Pneumonia, huh? Lung problems, issues with the lungs, bronchitis, bronchitis, flu symptoms. It's amazing how those symptoms aren't all that far off from a little sickness called COVID. So perhaps when you came in with the symptoms of I'm having trouble breathing, my lungs, I don't know what's going on, I can't get a breath, instead of the doctor going, hmm, let's check for pneumonia. It's COVID. It's COVID. It's COVID. COVID. It's even, COVID. Even as simple as let's check for let's check for if you have asthma or asthma in your family history. Right. My family history all have asthma. I don't. But yet like I still cough a lot. But that's because I get sick. COVID. And COVID. another point to all of this. 
another point to all of this. They will tell you hospitals are overcrowded. They're overrun. It happens every single year. A hospital does not make money if they have empty rooms. So it's not necessarily that they're grabbing people off the street and shoving them in the rooms. They will make sure their capacity is running at about level. The other thing is 10, 15 years ago, you were hearing about overcrowded hospitals with flu. There are newspaper articles you can search for in the early 2000s, in the 1990s, flu epidemic, hospitals are overcrowded, overrun. COVID was not the creation of overrun, overcrowded hospitals. ICU units are designed to run at 85 to 95%. So when you hear ICUs are at 95%, they want to scare you because they know you're not thinking, well, maybe these ICU units are made to run at near capacity. They don't want 50 beds out of 100 empty because that's money going down the drain. I know people who work in the ICU and there's never a dull moment there because they always have people to take care of. They always have like three to four patients. They're constantly running to and from. There's, there's always something to do there. There are always people in need. Right. Thank you. There's always people in need. So I'm going to read a couple of these comments and maybe you guys can keep up with me. Um, Carrie said, they basically, they basically, from scientific perspective, they discuss Genesis. Using the Bible, they discuss creation. Which I think some of that, that creation discussion stuff is really interesting. Because the evidence they put forward, the, the theories that they put forward, are answer questions. And they'll go into, like, rock sediment layers and argue. They have found petrified trees that are in the middle of, like, 8 to 12 different sediment layers. Millions of years? Or gigantic, disastrous flood? And actually, there's a, a new series out. I don't know about how new. Series, uh, Ancient Apocalypse by uh, Graham Hancock. I watched it, and it's a very interesting discussion. And if you watch it with a biblical mindset and an open mind at the same time, boy, you start seeing some pieces that plug in really cool ways. And he, he is shunned by the archaeology community and the scientific community because what he's saying is in 9600 B.C. or so, there was a disastrous flood. That all of these cultures around the world have this flood story. Which, boy, that's massive evidence to me that maybe something happened. And so this disastrous flood wiped out civilizations that were advanced civilizations. That gets into the whole Atlantis theory. And then they had to rebuild. Because the, the scientific consensus is that about 6,000 years ago, man came onto the scene in his advanced stage. And had to go from the ground up. And this guy's saying, no, there were advanced civilizations before us that got wiped out with a global flood, a global disaster. I say, yes, I think so, because that's, hey, very similar to the biblical account. And he's putting forth more and more evidence. This is where science gets in its own way. Science needs to keep an open mind, a rational mind, and say, wow, there's some evidence that really points to this. Maybe we should explore that. 
Gary says, boom, that can go for anything. Shut up if you don't know and you're in your lane and know something's wrong. Don't be a coward about it. Yes, please. I watch Christians argue online and I shake my head because please, guys, please. You may be doing more damage than good if you're not well-versed in the conversation. It doesn't mean you don't love the person. It doesn't mean you don't pray for them. It doesn't mean that you, you're not allowed to engage. But just be careful about what you're engaging in and is it getting into a debate that is not going to look good for anybody. There, there's very few of us. Scripture says that only few of us should be teachers. Yeah. That we're held to a high standard. Don't be a teacher online. Don't be a teacher on Facebook unless you know that's your calling. That's your ministry. I am a teacher, in case you haven't noticed. That's that's my lane, is teaching. I don't get into a lot of those Facebook arguments because I recognize, is this going to be a discussion or an argument? On YouTube, I refuse to get into debates. I'll have a discussion. I had one just the other day with somebody in the comments section. At first, they came out a little bit brash. I'll usually call people out on that right away. They either shut up or they, they tend to calm themselves down. And this person made one line that was kind of brash. I called it out. They didn't recognize I, or, or point out that I called it out. That's okay. But we had a very solid conversation after that. He asked me what the evidence for my faith was, not in a demeaning way. He was open. He was like, you know, you probably won't be able to give me anything that convinces me, but I'm, feel free I'm open to hearing. Awesome, man. Let's have a discussion. If you can have those discussions, go for it. But no, if this is going to turn into casting your pearls before swine, you don't have to get involved. God does not need to be defended by your tongue on Facebook. Yeah. He can defend himself. Or your fingers on Facebook. Yeah, it all makes sense. Um, so <laughs> Destiny said, C.S. Lewis talks about a mere Christianity fact she referenced c.s lewis my heart i love c.s my heart about how when two christians argue they do a disservice of ministering to unbelievers and it'll block that moment can't remember the exact way he said it but that's my memory of it precisely be very careful i go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i get driven nuts when i see christians bickering at each other or posting extremely critical content about other christians or other pieces of christianity do it privately yeah, please. That's that's the really that's man. It, it bugs me when I see people online, like on Instagram or on YouTube, when they are casting down other people's beliefs. Like we'll make jokes every now and then, but we'll leave it as jokes. And even then, you know, the Lord still convicts me that <clears throat> those are still His children, and at the end of the day, they still believe that Christ is their salvation. Right. Yes, denominations exist. And they cause division between God's people. But at the end of the day, we are called to make disciples of people who believe that Christ is their Savior. Right. To fully rely on Him for all of their needs. To believe that He is their protector, their provider, their shepherd, their keeper. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. And the fact that we as Christians are still going out and we're still casting down other beliefs that are still inside of that that Christ following Christ believing Christ loving sphere is it's counterintuitive 
to the movement of the kingdom. Yes. And I actually, to your point, man, this went sideways. I, I haven't really gotten my notes at all. Yeah, I hope this is giving sorry. you guys something. No, 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 you're fine. It's not your fault. It's, it's our prayer before we started today was that the Lord would speak through us. So I hope that this is what the Lord wanted to get across. I, uh, to your point, I've got a friend who has recently had to draw boundaries with a, a close relative because that close relative only wanted to argue about theological differences. And I absolutely am so proud of my friend who, in this boundary-drawing statement on the phone, said, you make it so I don't want to talk about Jesus with you. Be very wary. Are you creating conversations with other believers where you they don't even want to talk about Jesus with you anymore? Because you're so fixated on the differences and the problems with what they believe. I, I said this to Massey the other day. We cannot major in the minorities. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about the minor details. Do not major in the minors. What's the major? Did Christ die and raise again for your sins? That's it. That's the major. If you get that right, if you get the gospel correct, the rest of it comes in behind as a conversation. There's so much to that concept that you can free yourself from and free yourself from a lot of conflict and debate if you take on this idea of Christ is what matters. Yep. Stuff like arguing about rapture, arguing about predestination, arguing about uh, 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 once saved, always saved. Once saved, always saved. Those arguments, hey, they're, they're useful discussions. But be wary if those things are determining whether or not you're saved. Right. Because right. now all of a sudden you're creating a new gospel. The scripture specifically tells us to not worry about tomorrow. Right. Because he's going to provide for us. Even if we sin and we mess up today, there are new mercies tomorrow. There is forgiveness in that moment. We have to turn to it. We have to accept it. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen at, at the end of time when I'm already in the ground. Right. Worry it's... about your walk with Christ now, because if you're so focused on what happened in the past, if you're too fo fixated on, on one point in time that, that's shaking your faith, or you're too focused on... I'm, I'm not saying this in the best of ways, but I hope you're hearing me out. If you're too focused on what will come and what will happen, and you're not focusing on the love of Christ, the love that Christ has for you, you're not going to be able to stay stable. Right. And and I think I get passionate about this because it's like, guys, we're, we're chopping at the wrong part of the tree. Christ is what matters. That's the end of it all. That's the trunk. Chop at that piece, right? Yeah. I've had people, well, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to cast them under the bus, but I've had people who are like, well, why don't you care more about Revelation? I get it, and I appreciate Revelation, but my concern is for today. God's got Revelation handled. 
I'll do what I need to do to fight the battle that I've been called to fight. But at the end of the day, it's not up to me. Yeah. God's got it handled. If I'm with him and I'm in him and I'm fo focusing on Christ, just like Peter out on the water, as soon as Peter's eyes got off of Christ, that's when he started to sink. Get your eyes on Christ and keep them on Christ. Yep. The rest of it is a wash. Um, You're going to read a comment? Yeah, Jonathan. Go for it. Okay. Jonathan said, example, people who argue against the 2A, Second Amendment, who have never held a firearm in their lives, they create the false data points like bullet, button. Bottom line, if you don't know through your own personal experience or deep study, keep your mouth shut. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When educate yourself. Educate yourself. Nobody needs 30 rounds. Um, if you're going hog hunting to thin out the herds, and that, that's one thing that always gets me is like, people, you don't need an AR-15. Man, you don't live in the South, do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> hogs are nasty, and you've got to put them down fast. Oh, yeah. They, people don't realize that hogs can kill you. They don't <laughs> you realize other animals power. can kill you. Animals can kill you. And you need something that you can fire more than one shot quickly, powerfully, to put something down and accurately. Which I just went shooting for the first time recently. Good for you, bro. And it was one of the... <clears throat> It was one of the the greatest physical feelings of my life. It like, <laughs> felt like a real no, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It it just felt so satisfying to I I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't make me look bad. Just go with it, whatever. Yeah. It it was really satisfying to be able to hit the target and not just miss every single time. Right. You know? And it, it wasn't any like super big or obnoxious, like loud, noisy weapon. It was like a like a Glock sixteen and a Winchester. Like those were those were fun, but Yeah. And there is something about firing a firearm. You you feel, dare I say, powerful. Um but that's not necessarily wrong. At the same time, you you feel that power, but there's that extreme sense of responsibility. Right. Because when you go to these shooting ranges, they want, even if you're a seasoned shooter, they, they remind you when you are not shooting, you are pointing your weapon at the ground or you are leaving it on the table, right. pointing toward the range you, with safety on. You always treat a firearm, and this is what I, I teach my family, ad nauseum. Whenever they want to see it, whenever they want to uh, explore it, I'm more than willing. It is never a no, we don't, we don't talk about it, we don't touch. But their constant conversation, my son can probably reiterate to you the rules of handling a firearm. Because every time we discuss my firearm, you always treat it as though it's loaded. Yeah. You never point it at anything that you're not ready to kill. Yeah. You only fire at things that are putting your life in danger. This process of teaching him proper safety, proper technique, right? All of that is important because when he gets older, it's not going to be something that's foreign to him. And so therefore he, he has to play with it without dad. It's a tool. It's like the hammer in dad's, dad's toolbox. Use it properly. Use it if you need it. 
Otherwise, it sits there. It's lost its luster, right? Um, <laughs> Carrie, I've watched nature survival shows. Y'all are brave down there. Hogs, scary. <laughs> Anastasia, wild hogs are definitely scary. Those boogers will get you if you're not careful. See, oh, yeah. see, I'm not just talking out of my butt. Wild hogs are dangerous. They're not safe, and they're a pest. They will tear up stuff like crazy. Oh, yeah. You have to put them down. I kind of wanted to, uh, to backtrack just wild hogs. Uh, well, that, that's what they are. They're, they're pigs, but they're wild. We'll show you, we'll show you a picture afterwards because they're, they're brown. They're, they're ugly. They got big tusks. They're, yeah. they're different from a regular pig. I, I kind of um, wanted to backtrack. Um, yeah, go for going it. back to what we were talking about, about keeping yourself educated. I love this quote from Einstein that you put in here that science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Right. That is so powerful. And I believe he's not talking about science, the religion. He's talking about science of exploring, going to seek knowledge, going to seek wisdom about these things. Like we were saying, once you have, once you believe that Christ is your, is your savior, is your salvation, that he provides for you, you have it, mm-hmm. and it's okay to then explore as conversation topics, as as trying to understand, as trying to gain wisdom from these certain events from the past, from the future, and not using those as main anchors in your salvation. The anchor, that, the biggest anchor that should be your salvation is that Christ died for you. Right, and uh, I want to read off of YouTube. Chris says, which Chris, I'm so glad you still watch, man. That, that floors me. That's awesome. Uh, Chris says, and, and this is so true. Heart condition is always priority. It is great to debate and discuss any topic. It can open the door to where a heart condition is. We do not know a person's heart condition. We should want to help someone with their heart condition like Jesus. Absolutely. And that's, that's where that rub is is what's the heart condition behind the whole discussion? Easy and and I can have spirited discussion, debate, but love each other through it. The pharisaical nature is to want to be right for right's sake. Yeah. And to care less about the heart condition of both yourself and the other person you're talking to. The Pharisees were upset with Christ because... He spoke the truth. He was he was speaking real scripture and calling them out on on their their inconsistencies, their hypocrisy. Right. I want you all to look at these. Look at those paper. Paper. You gotta fan them out. Yeah, I I have four pages of notes. Um, I want you to know. I have hit about that much. <laughs> And we're at 1050. (laughs) And and forgive me, because I did a lot of work on this. Paul did a lot of work on this. I think this discussion was more important of of the direction. And we touched on the whole science thing. I wish I could have gotten into the history of all of this. Um, But, again, I rest on, okay, maybe this is what the Lord wanted. was more of this general discussion of, for both the agnostic and for the believer, understand what you don't know and be okay with that. Because it turns into dogmatic faith when you crush other perspectives. 
let's 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 go to the climate thing for a second. I read a book called Unsettled, and it was by a high level, very experienced, decades of research expert in climate meteorology. I think uh, atmospheric, all of that. And the book was him pointing out, look, there are fluctuations in the climate. The evidence does seem to point that humans have some effect on this, but the question is, and this is why it was called unsettled, how much? I am more than willing to have a discussion of, hey, humans might be having some effect on this. If you look at the temperature differences between the middle of a city and out in the country, there are several degrees difference. If you put cities all over the world, hey, maybe those are radiate because they, the cement and the construction of all of it soaks up heat and reflects it back, right? It, it radiates heat. I think a great example of the effect of mankind gone wrong and then nature nature taking its course again would be Chernobyl. Yes, yes. And and I think that's that's where the frustration for the people who are saying, look, let's slow down on this whole climate thing. The frustration is you you don't allow the market to produce a better product and you discount the power of nature to adapt. Yeah. And so we've decided that the earth is on an irreversible course towards damnation because of the effect of humans. We seriously underestimate nature. I mean, yes. we have yet to make a weapon, any form of weapon that can even compare to any natural disaster. Well, I mean, the nuclear bomb's kind of close. Even but you, you could, nuclear bomb is close, but... Here's where you can make an argument. Nature, through God's design... <laughs> oh, oh. Create the sun. The sun is the most powerful source of energy. Source of energy, not the most powerful piece of creation, but the most powerful source of energy. Stars themselves, okay. I know there are bigger yeah. suns than ours, but the creation of a sun, the most powerful energy that we know of. Now, you get into black holes, that's a sucking of energy, which maybe you could say that's emitting energy by the sucking. That's, that's, go ahead and explore that. But you're right. Nature is, is so vastly beyond us, right? Um, I do want to get a couple of these comments. Destiny says, as I go deeper with God, I begin to understand why Jesus was so angry with the Pharisees. I'm telling you, because they were so, they looked to the law, they didn't look to God. They tried to find God through the law. And if you don't, if you want to know more about that, go to reviveusnow.com and search my last sermon oh. talking about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Oh, gave away the twist. Ooh. Gary Booth says, I won't touch guns because I've never held one staying in my lane. That said, I'm open to learning. Gary, I really encourage you, although Canada seems to be crushing this, yeah. come down to the U.S. Come shoot with us. But valuable skill, and you learn something about yourself during it. And one of the biggest issues with guns is the people who are most afraid of them know nothing about them. They don't understand the tool. It's a dangerous tool, but a tool that's very valuable and needed nonetheless. It's like, I would say it's, it's similar to driving a car, at least when you first learn to drive a car, because when everybody first sits in the driver's seat, it's scary. There is like, like, whoa, 
I I have my own <laughs> life in my hands, and not only that, I can drastically affect the lives of people around me, families around me, cities around me. If right. I if I am irresponsible, I can cause serious damage. To your point, there was a, a drunk lady. I don't remember where this was recently. She was drunk. She tried to drive home. She crashed into a house. Something blew up in the house. It took out other houses and power lines. She caused $4 million worth of damage. Wow. One night of drinking, one accident, $4 million worth of damage. People, people <laughs> want to outlaw firearms because they cause, they cause direct damage like that, even right. though cars can simply be driven into something and cause millions of dollars. They are, you are driving a bullet yeah. on wheels. You are truly... <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jonathan said, next week, yeah, I'm hoping I can get to this next week. I This opens up so many conversation topics that I... Hey, you hit if... it. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Oh. <laughs> if you would like this topic for me to go more in depth of science, what science is in reality, scientism, which is basically creating a belief structure out of science, and God versus all of that. If you want me to cover this more, you have to let me know in the comments. If you're like, meh, doesn't matter, I am not offended if you say, go on, new topic, right? You got to let me know, though. If you're listening on the podcast, email me, selfevidentministriespodcast at gmail.com. All one word. Podcast at gmail.com. All one word. Email me. Let me know. So Destiny has a yes vote. I love topics like these. Make it a series. So you, we have one yes. So if you don't want me to do it, you better counteract Destiny right now. So far, 100%. 100%. One out of one. Results. I got a yes. Biden vote system going on here. <laughs> America can be summed up in one word. Freaking But hey, if, if you cover it Monday... I'm guaranteed to be quiet because I'd be too tired to yep. contribute. Yep. <laughs> Boy, you guys want a heavy science topic on Monday morning? You Monday let me morning, know. Uh, nobody else has commented, so I'm guessing Destiny's has has oh, a 1-0 vote. Chris Jackson. What yes. what Chris say? Chris said yes, keep it coming. Oh, we've got a 2-0 vote. 2-0 to keep it up on the science topic. I do have some interesting information that'll help you understand how science interacts with the world, how science goes wrong, and how it can compare with faith or religion, and how you interact with God and science. So, uh, Carrie Booth says, I'm here, I'm good with it. She's that person who, when you're in the back, she's sitting in the back of the car and you're driving, and the driver's like, okay, where are we going? She's that person who's like, I don't care, wherever. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm here for the ride. <laughs> uh, Jonathan says, do it. Anastasia, I'm down. Man, it's it's hundred percent. It's unit. So on guess, Monday, you guys are making Mike's day. You really are. I love this. If anything, just because you're interacting, I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind if everybody was like, "No, this sucks. Move on." But I love it that you guys are are also. <laughs> Carrie's like, "That's me. I'm prophetic." Let me tell you, <laughs> I will cover. I will cover science and God on Monday. This gives me a little more time to get some fun little stuff in there. I will tell you about Galileo. We are going to talk about, I had it in the notes, I'm going to tell you about Galileo because it is not as cut and dry as the scientific community wants you to believe. What they want you to believe is that the church 
squash Galileo because he was about to tear the Bible open and disprove God, and the church had to get rid of him, and Galileo was the bringer of truth, the Messiah of science. Not true, but you'll have to tune in on Monday. So until next time, I'm your host, Mike. Massey is in absentia. You got your co-host, Easy e Ice-T. Oh, I love you guys. Jonathan Plotris, was Darwin a deist or a true atheist? Ooh, I know the answer, but I'm holding it till Monday. Jonathan, you will have to tune in to help me answer that question. And until next time, thank you for playing the Self-Evident Podcast. Check out the selfevidenttruth.com slash blog. We are putting up a new blog today. Be sure to, here's a hint, send it to your pastors. And while you're at it, look at our store at theselfevidenttruth.com slash apparel. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I love you. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye. Bye. Love you guys.